Bandwidth for This Week in Photography is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. Hi, I'm Scott Bourne, and today we're going to talk about studio lighting. We're in the studio here, and I'm going to show you the basic tools that you need to do a minimal lighting setup if you want to do portraiture, products, anything that you might want to shoot in a studio. We're going to start with light stands. I have some light stands in here. We're going to take what's called a monolight, which is a self-powered flash unit. It's a strobe. It's not a hot light. It just comes and goes for a few hundredths of a second. We're going to talk about light modifiers. And I'm even going to show you how to trigger all of this with a little remote unit called a pocket wizard. That's all coming up on this video, so don't go anywhere. So if you're going to bring lights into a studio, you need to have a way to hold the light up. And since you're going to get very tired if you just use your arm, you'll need a light stand. Now I happen to be demonstrating a kit from Calumet known as the Travel Light Kit. These kits run anywhere from $600 to $3,500, depending on how many heads you get, how powerful they are, and how many accessories you buy with them. They all start with this one basic component, and this is a light stand. This is not the world's highest quality light stand. It is very sturdy, and that's what you want to look at at a minimum in your light stand. It needs to be sturdy. I've shown you the light stand. Now let's look at the light. This is what's called a monolight, and I really prefer these to lights that require a battery pack because they're self-powered. Now this is a 750 watt second head, and I'll put some show notes together for you to go with this video to help you understand what that means. Basically, it's a way of rating how powerful the light coming from this head is. There's a little button here on this travel light. Once again, this is the Calumet Travel Light 750, when I pull that button out, I'm able to take this protective tube off the front of the light. And here you actually see two bulbs. One bulb is the flash itself, which is the circular bulb. And the other bulb is what we call modeling light. We use that to position the head so that we don't have to wait for the flash to see what the light's going to look like. All right, now that we've shown you all the basic components to the light kit, you might be wondering, how do you connect the camera to all this stuff? There's two ways. Almost all these kits will come with what's called a sync cord, which is this ungainly long piece of cable that connects to your camera on the PC terminus side and then connects to the strobe head with this standard quarter inch jack. And that's fine. It's the inexpensive way to go. There are some challenges when you do this, meaning that you've always got to worry about the cables. And these cables are connected directly to the, the camera and the light box, which means if you have an unstable circuit, you could fry your camera. I'm not real fond of using those. So instead, I use remote transmitters. There are a number of brands available. This happens to be the Pocket Wizard Plus 2. It's about $190 and you need at least two of these, so around 400 bucks once you paid tax probably, to make this work. And what happens is you mount one of these on your camera, and then you attach one to at least one of your strobes. And then you correspondingly set the same channel between them. When you fire your camera, this unit triggers the unit on one of the strobes. That strobe triggers any other strobes you have 
with a slave sink and everything's fine. And you can move around without having to worry about these cables getting in your way or your subject's way or causing any kind of backlash on your camera. There are many brands. I'm going to use the Pocket Wizard in this particular video. Once again, I'm not endorsing this because I haven't tested these, although they have a very good reputation. Uh, a few months from now, we'll do a video where I actually give you results on how well I think they work. The light stand that comes with this kit is very sturdy, and I like that. And the components feel well made. There is one thing to note about these light stands. They're inexpensive. And because they're inexpensive, they're not what we call shock mounted. Let's assume you had your $600, $700, $800 light head right here. It's not shock mounted. That could destroy the head. So you want to be real sure if you're working with inexpensive light stands that you always grab onto them. Don't ever assume that these levers are tightened. Assume that they're always untightened. That's the way I always like to do it. Then I never have to worry about it. It's not a big deal. If you want to spend more money, you can get air cushioned with shocks light stands so that won't happen. If you want to save some money, it's fine. Just remember, you need to treat this lever as if it's always, always, always not locked. Okay, so we have the stand here. Now I'm going to place the monolite on the stand. And I'm simply going to seat it right here on top of the stand. There's a special place to do that. And I'm going to tighten this knob as tight as I can. Rule number one, when you're working with light stands and lights, nothing ever gets to sit free. You want to make sure that everything is completely tight. Double, tr double, triple check this because you can damage your gear if you don't. Get it on there nice and tight and make sure it's ready to go. Now, I'm going to turn this around because I want you to see the other side of the head. And on this side of the head, we have a knob that we can control that allows us to move the head up and down. And one feature I really like of these travel lights is this handle. I've seen and worked with many a mono head and a battery powered head that doesn't have this handle. This part of the housing gets so hot you burn your hand. This is really a nice feature, able to move this up and down because this handle is separated from the body. Everything looks good. When you get it where you want, you tighten it up. Next, we're going to put some light modifiers on the strobe. We have the mono head on the stand and we could use it like this. In fact, there's a old fashioned form of photography called bare bulb flash. It's very popular still in the wedding business, but we want to control the light a little more carefully. So we're going to start with this very basic six inch reflector that comes with this particular kit. Uh, it would probably cost you $40 to buy a reflector like this. It's not terribly expensive. You'll note that it has a bayonet mount and there are notches here on the front of the strobe and you heard that lock, I simply place it and lock it in place. If I want it to come off, there's a lever right here on the other side of the strobe. I can pull that back and take it off. It's very quick. It's a quick release hub. It's very easy to work with. And now you can see this light will be very controlled when it goes out. We can control it even more by adding an umbrella. In this case, we've got our shoot through umbrella. The shoot-through umbrella is not intended to go outdoors in the rain, although it would protect me if it were raining in here. I'm going to undo this screw, which then allows me to push the umbrella through, and then I'm going to lock it down. Depending on where I want the umbrella to be in terms of controlling the light, I can put it further or closer 
to the strobe head. Now this is going to add some weight on the front of the strobe, so you really make sure you tighten it down. But now what I have is a shoot-through umbrella. So my subject will be on that side of the camera, and this umbrella will create a nice round looking catch light in the eye, very soft and diffuse light. I showed you the six inch reflector. This is an eight inch reflector. This one happens to be from a company called Bowens. It's the same company that makes this light for Calumet. The Calumet Travel Light is made by Bowens. It's a British company, well respected. Here's a secret and a tip. If you want to save money, you pay more for the Bowens brand than you do the Calumet brand. Go figure. But anyway, to get the 8-inch reflector, you have to buy the Bowens. Once again, not expensive, around 50 bucks. Same deal. It's a bayonet mount. We're using this larger reflector because now we're going to put our barn doors on. And this is a little more complicated. You have to snap this into place. And um, it's always harder than it looks. There we go. So that's snapped in, and that'll rotate on the front of the reflector. And then we can open these barn doors, and we can decide how much light we want to get out. And more importantly, we can decide where we want that light to go. If we want to have a subject that's covered on one side or another, we can push this door in all the way and block light off one side from the top, the bottom, or any side. So barn doors are essential to covering certain areas of the body if you want them to stand out, sometimes just to make it light into a hair light. Every studio needs a set of barn doors. These were also about $50. All right, now is the moment of truth. We've set up our monolight. It's actually plugged into alternating current, but how are we gonna make the camera talk to it? Remember, I showed you the transceiver that comes from Pocket Wizard. I am going to set this transceiver to work in what's called both mode. The choices are local, remote, and both. The reason it has those choices is you may also have a flash on your camera that you want to trigger in conjunction with your remote strobes. Since I don't, it's not a big deal, but if I ever want to be able to trigger both, I just tend to leave it that way. I could leave it in remote only if I want to just trigger this. I need to set a channel, and the channel needs to match each unit. So I'm going to set channel 4. You may need to experiment because in some markets where there's a lot of traffic over that same uh, you know, frequency, you might have trouble. So I'm going to set this for channel 4. Now, there's a sync cord that you have to buy extra. It's about $30, and it's manufactured by this company to work with whatever your brand of light is. So this is the specific sync cord that works with the Calumet Travel Light. And on top of this unit, there is a place to plug it in. It's called Flash. I'll plug that in there. Now, if I can do this, you can do this. It's not tough. I'll take the quarter-inch jack, plug it into the back of the head, and they give you this handy-dandy little strap and with that I'm simply going to turn it over that little knob on the other side of the uh, flash head. I need to also turn this unit on. You want to turn this on before you turn on the strobe. That's kind of an important rule. So turn this on. Now turn on your strobe. Our strobe has a little button on the back. It's powered. Now how do I know this works? I'm going to take it off the little hook there's a little button right on the front that says test. Pressing that button causes the flash to go. 
Hopefully you can see the flash. So we know it works. In the next segment, I'll mount the one on the camera that has to talk to it. All right, we've got the light set up, but this is photography. It means we need a camera. This happens to be the mighty Canon 1DS Mark III, 21 megapixels of glory. And I'm going to use this camera to trigger this strobe. In order to do that, I need Pocket Wizard number two. This is identical because these are the plus two models, by the way, Pocket Wizard plus two. So each is a transceiver, meaning it acts as either a transmitter or receiver, depending on how you have it set up. I'm going to have this one set up to trigger the first one. In order to do that, remember, I set it on both. Channel four, make sure it's turned on. And then you place it with the controls facing you. So you slide it onto the hot shoe. And please make sure that you tighten it down because you don't want this thing falling down on the hard concrete floor and going boom because it's about a $200 mistake. Now I have this sitting here ready to go. If I want to take a picture of my subject, I look through the camera. And yes, you see the strobe fires even though there are no wires between me and the strobe. It's just like magic. I might be on TV with this trick someday. Doug Henning has nothing on me. It's great. Now you can move around and get close to your model and, and be totally free to get creative. And you can move your head. And if we had another head set up, what would happen is I wouldn't need another of these transceivers because each of these heads has a radio style, excuse me, a light slave on the back. So the light slave will see the flash that will trigger the next strobe. So it's not a big deal unless you're outdoors. That's the only caveat. If you're outdoors and it's a sunny day, the light slave may not work. It may not see the strobe because it might be overpowered by the sun. And in that case, the bad news is you'd need more of these $188, $189 devices. But short of working outside, this is all you need. One on the camera, one on the strobe. I realize this has been a very basic introduction to the tools necessary to do studio photography, but I thought I might at least get you acquainted with the tools we use. In further videos, we're going to get very detailed about how to use each of, this, each of these items. So, smile.